protects us. We thank you, Lord, for the ability to live for you in this life. We just are so thankful for that, Lord. That's the most important thing, our relationship with you and our fellowship with you, which we desire to have all the time. We don't want that fellowship ever to be broken. We thank you for that covenant and that bond of peace and that covenant of enduring and everlasting love. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Uh, Today we're going to talk about the fact that we are separated. Amen. We are separated. We are a separated people. uh, And uh, and we can't stress that enough. Uh, That's something that was established with the first people that God called unto himself, the nation of Israel. Uh, God has always desired to have people um, as a part of his his life, you know, we, we want its fellowship with us. That's a desire of God's heart. He created man to have fellowship with him. He created man as part of his eternal family. And when that fellowship is broken, God desires to have that reestablished. It's one thing about God. He never changes what he wants. He never changes his word. He never changes his purpose because he is holy. Holy means without blame. So there's no reason to change. There's no reason to change. The only way that God will change is that he errs on the side of mercy if there's any such term for God. But if he ever has a decision to make, he leans toward what would be merciful and not what which would be uh, judgmental or without mercy. And so uh, God is holy and holy being without blame means that everything that he does is just and it's right. And so when uh, he called us unto himself from the beginning of creation and he meant for that call to endure through all kinds of difficulties. Uh, if if uh, something that you're basing a relationship on cannot survive difficulties, you know the relationship will dissolve. And that's why we make vows to uh, to God and we make vows to one another under God uh, and so when we do that it's because we expect ourselves to be held accountable to keep what we're vowing to you got me uh, it, it's very very important we understand the purpose of a vow uh, I don't think we understand it a whole lot sometimes because people are so eager to break vows and they think nothing of it you know as uh, we couldn't get along or uh, irreconcilable differences whatever that means you know of course you can't you're never going to be able to agree on everything but disagreement should not cause separation all the time you know sometimes disagreement can be a a place to grow in a relationship or in anything in any dealings you can always grow through disagreement I was watching uh, for some reason I went to sleep earlier than I usually do and I woke up in the middle of course you know I'd wake up and take take the dog out and do her thing and sometimes I'll leave the TV on because I went to sleep with the stupid television on and then there's something on there but I was there was something on there that was kind of interesting to me uh, it was a show where there's two advertising agencies making a pitch for business and uh, it was kind of interesting to me because 
the pitch involved one group stating what they wanted to do and the other group stating what they wanted to do and the end result is that that the uh, uh, company will take one view or the other or one group or the other and so this one group was all you know they're they're the new thing they're the in thing they they have the most hits on their uh, uh, viral video they're the viral video people and the other group is I you know their name reflects they used to be hot 15 years ago when they started so we got what's hot and what's kind of not you know and uh, it would kind of surprise me but they chose the kind of not people because the the president of that company kind of tied himself into creating the best for that that client and he was kind of kind of vowed himself to a standard of excellence in reaching in to kind of understand what the client wanted more than this new hot group that was getting you know hot things started and so forth and so on and I thought it was kind of interesting that the vow that was working in this man had held for 15 years where this other group was just getting started you got me there's a there's something in the inner workings of an individual that if it's it's time tested and it's enduring and it's a high quality so forth that'll stand the test of time and that'll stand the test of any kind of other in intervention coming in and so forth and so on and so it was just kind of interesting to see how uh, once a person ties himself into an idea ideology philosophy or something like that it's hard to separate that person out from that even though there was a lot of um, uh, I think sometimes criticism dissension of his decisions and so forth with the other people in the company high-ranking people but he still held to what he believed and in the end the company that he was working towards saw that and they saw that they could trust him and they saw that they could uh, get a good product out of them so forth and so on I was thinking about that because I was thinking about some of the catchy commercials that you see on television um, some of them you can remember you ever have, have something you can remember the commercial but you can't remember the company that they were advertising for see that's where the money's lost see but where where you got to uh, spend your money is where people remember who you are and what your product is like if I don't really think about it as, as much as that and I think it's it's got to be progressive because I have to think about it to think about but the little flow girl and all that as popular as she is you think flow and you don't really think the company so you can oversell an idea and oversell a model and you get lost in that and so you know what holds you into something is your, your inner workings you know that kind of thing so it's just very important that when we when we establish ourselves as a holy people a separated people and so forth and so on you stay true to that separation you know you can't get driven uh, you know uh, uh, called off one direction or the other you've got to stay faithful to that and understand that that is is uh, a building block of our Christian life with God. We are a separated people. 
folks. We are separated and holy and apart from the world. So we were once a part of the world. You know, I'm talking about believers now. At once, one time we were part of the world and God separated us through the new birth. So he imparted to us, bless you, his Holy Spirit for the purpose of keeping us separated. Now why does he need people separated? Well he wants to have something that he can call his own. Don't you? Everybody wants ownership of something. Because when you have ownership of it. You know where it is at all times. You can call the shots on it. You won't be missing anything. It, ownership really completes the whole picture of your life. So when you think about. The things that anchor you into your purpose and things that anchor you into your your day-to-day living, your goals, etc., etc. You have to have things that you own to make it stable, to make it uh, worth working on, etc., etc. It's hard to think of security without thinking of ownership. You know, people always want to possess something uh, so that they can have uh, total, you can, you can count on it if you own it. That's the other thing. So when God separated us out, he did it for the purpose of his holy purpose. For whatever purpose he desires in the earth, he must have a separated people who will fulfill that purpose. When God imparts something to us, we have to be good stewards of it. So we have to be uh, uh, good stewards over whatever he gives us. So he gives us his spirit. He gives us his laws. Gives us his word. Gives us all of these things for us to be entrusted with it. Accountable with it. And good stewards with it. So in accountability over God's word, if you see somebody who's having difficulty and the unction of the spirit comes upon you to speak to that person, you must speak to him in order to be a good steward over that word that he's entrusted to you. Same thing with holiness in general. There's a set apartness that comes to God's people that we have to be accountable to God for. He entrusts us with that separation based on the the life of the Holy Spirit within us. So holiness is something we have to be accountable to God for. The Holy Spirit actually is our evidence of this separation. And he also is our umpire in the separated life or the separation process. God has always done this. He separated Israel, the seed of Abraham, from the other people of the earth. This holiness must be tested. It, is there something about God's power working in a human being that comes under test and under scrutiny by God? The test may seem like just a normal ordinary occurrence in life but the end result is did you obey God 
did you not obey God uh, were you did you stay consecrated or did you say devoted to what God has commanded you to do even under difficult circumstances for instance if you're if you don't have food you can always go steal or you can ask God for a miracle you got me and so the separated person holy person knows to go to God and God always has the answer for him and will trust him see that's a, a test of your holiness you know it's not really a a, a, a situation that's going to take you under if you can see these situations as challenges to your devotion to God then you'll come through them okay you know, if we could always see that as what it is, instead of see what the devil wants you to look at—a challenge to your devotion—as you're gonna you're gonna lose, or so you're gonna you're not gonna starve to death, you're gonna be out on the streets. He always wants us to look at it in very drastic terms, instead of looking at it for what it is. And so, part of your separation means you evaluate things based on what God wants you to see about them and know about them rather than what the enemy tries to get you stirred up about so there's this fear always there that there's more to it than just a challenge to your devotion it's is not so much a challenge to your faith although faith is involved in it and we know faith if we we continue uh, in our faith we know faith will see us through but many times people don't understand that that the natural way sometimes will provide a shortcut out of our difficulties rather than seeing it as a holiness you know challenge are we really devoted to God are we going to stick it out with him are we going to trust him no matter what it looks like or are we going to say well God understands you see that's always the big yeah yeah, the big garbage can we dump it in. It's a God understands or, or God's not that particular about it. Or, you know, I don't know that that's true for you all the time. And, uh, and I think you need to check with God before you make these decisions. You know, if he's told you to take a stand and not waver, then you have to continue on that stand and not waver. You see what I'm saying? Sometimes we're not really standing. We're more sitting and not interested. So you got to get back up and stand again. You know, you got to renew that in your mind and renew it in your heart to stay devoted to the purpose that God has you established in. So God wants a separate holy people. That separation is going to be tested and tried. Your devotion to God will be tested. It will be tried. God separated Israel out of their captivity. So the captivity was really kind of a trial. And, but it didn't start out that way. Remember when the, the children of Israel were first uh, uh, into the wilderness. There was They had great favor there. Remember they had even though their lifestyle was an abomination to the Egyptians the Egyptian government recognized and respected their God because of Joseph here this guy was the guy was feeding everybody taking care of everybody etc etc so they had to honor him 
but over the course of 430 years there were other leaders that came up and that that honoring got to be dishonor and after a while the Egyptians were enslaved and so captivity and deprivation of of freedom always leads a people to cry out to God always leads the people that's why God is so uh, uh, you if you look at the scriptures he is so attentive to the cries of the oppressed of the uh, downtrodden of the poor of the uh, unfed of the unclothed all that kind of stuff God has a a uh, tender heart and a favor towards those people a disposition to be favorable to them in so much that he will bless people who will do something for them and so God wants us to know that that's important to his heart and if we'll keep ourselves in that mindset then we will be blessed and so when his own people went into captivity and they were beaten and they were oppressed and downtrodden and poor and it escalated to the point where they were actually being murdered as babies God decided to step in and lead them out of their captivity so that that separation that desire for holiness and separation comes into a person's life I don't care who you are where you come from I don't care if you were born praising God or I was worshiping God from the womb and all this kind of stuff and everybody prophesied over you there must come a challenge where you have to decide to live that holy and separated life for God it's going to happen to everybody I see sometimes when uh, young people get to be teenagers even though they've grown up in the church that challenge will come do I stay separated and holy or do I go off and I compromise with the world and go into the world uh, to see what the world is all about? I was uh, uh, thinking about how Amish kids have that little uh, challenge where they're encouraged to go out and party and then make their decision. I don't know if I would be like that. You know, you can't you can't present a challenge for holiness by natural circumstances. People can't. Only God can create that that situation that's really going to challenge your devotion you know you don't know what it might be for one person it might be I don't know that partying with the world is so attractive to everybody that that's got to be the universal challenge for for all of those kids but I do know this that God knows who he's drawing and how he's drawing them and he orchestrates these situations so that we can know that there is an opportunity to choose God and stay faithful to God and suffer the consequences because there's always some sacrifice involved or do we take the shortcut and we just go ahead and do what we feel we can do or we can get away with and, and compromise and, and allow God uh, not to see our devotion and not to see our faithfulness. So when, when the Israel's cry came up to God, he separated Israel out. He separated the seed of Abraham from the other people of the earth. And he said he did it to show that he, he sees holy people as different than worldly people. Not that worldly people can't make the same decision. They could back then just like they can now. But God sees a difference. And that's what you want in your life. 
you want God to always see a difference between you and say the people in the world that that we're separated out from the world and his his purposes for us are always good his plans for us are always good now, I don't understand Christians who get all upset about uh, difficulty coming to the earth you know if you're in Christ and he leads you out you survive it if you're in Christ and you maybe get caught in it you go to heaven so what's the problem here uh, you know and there's there's this this love of the world that's that's in us still somehow you know we we believe that we're serving God the best we can but there's still other things that can get get caught up in there things that can take root things that can be fed by the world and so part of our our challenge here in the earth is staying devoted to God you know when we have decisions to make make the godly decision make the decision that God wants you to make and stay with where he wants you to be you can't cross the line uh, you can't because that line may may disappear one day and you find yourself instead of there being a line you go over you find yourself over there and the line's not there anymore you got me it it'll disappear on you if you don't understand your side of the line and stay on it at all times so when god separates people out he gives you the ability to stay separate he gives you the ability to stay separate now in israel he gave them the laws and the covenant gave them the commandments and so if they obeyed the commandments of god if they were faithful enough to obey god's command in good times and in bad no matter who was tempting them and who wasn't tempting them no matter if the king backslid and it was just a handful of priests and prophets who were faithful if they stayed faithful to God they would prosper and they would survive in fact this is how God's kingdom is is still rooted in the earth today it's by remnant handful of people who stay faithful even when it looks like you know God's not watching he's blessing all these unfaithful people do do I go over the line compromise a little bit do I do this and and I know I told God I'd never do this do I do this because everybody's doing it and so these are the things folks that make the difference this this is what holiness involves it involves humbling yourself to God continually so that you will always make the right decision and always stay on his side if you make the wrong decision if you get caught up in a fault or something like that you know you can always humble yourself to God again and repent because the blood of Jesus is a continual flow it continually cleanses us from all unrighteousness so God gave commandments and instructions for his people to stay separate his law included some several important things what number one his law includes worship worship is always of the uh, forefront in God because I believe worship is something that keeps us uh, content in God it keeps us attuned to God it keeps us uh, before God mindful of God even though with Israel worship was confined to one day a week there was worship that was carried on continually through the law so even though worship was conducted 
on their their sabbath you know they had the one day of the week they were separated and holy unto god keep it holy that was that was a a fixed reminder that think about god at least once a week that's what that says but in truth he had little reminders for them throughout the week that they had to to do you got me there were little things that will remind them for instance in the the laws requiring um in the types of food they were allowed to eat you had to think about god before you you know you just didn't chow down on a bowl of clams because somebody you know what i'm saying you weren't allowed shellfish that kind of stuff and so you thought about god before you ate you thought about god before you spoke you thought about god so there were things built into the law of god to bring us into remembrance that we are a holy and a set apart people not to mix in with the world so the the worship was uh, his separate his separateness always includes worship and that's the part that that really helps you you know what i'm saying you can see the difference say in christianity in this day and age that we're in now versus back in the old days just with the hymn book and the you know the rigid it wasn't free spirit-filled worship is much more fulfilling than non-spirit-filled worship and so God's always meant for his presence to fill the place where people were he wants to touch everybody he wants to affect everybody he wants to cleanse everybody he wants to lift burdens off everybody so in the worship that kind of thing is offered people uh, uh, felt the presence of God in different degrees you'll see instances in the old testament where they offered unlimited numbers of sacrifices and and the the uh, worship the cloud of god came in to descend it to the height so the height of the sacrifice determines the height of his presence in your life it does it really does folks it, you know if you put aside and put aside from yourself everything and just offer up to God the sacrifice of praise just let everything go you don't want anything you're just wanting to contact him the degree of your sacrifice equals it, you know God will exceed the degree of your sacrifice with his presence there's always a correlation there always a correlation there you can't have that one without the other you know people think that the price has been paid and you get a free ticket but you have to let things go you have to put things aside you have to put him first and that's really the essence of worship and holiness comes out of that worship relationship because in worship where God totally takes over he can begin to impart things to you if you've got empty hands he'll fill them up if you've got an empty heart and an empty uh, soul and you offer that up to God he'll bring in such glory and such presence that you'll be changed and transformed and so that's very very important that that covenant of worship be kept if we're going to be a set apart people you cannot have an equal devotion in other things that move you that you have with God in worship you can't be as moved by other things as you are in worshiping God. It's part of holiness. Sanctification, consecration.
You know, you can't have a relationship, say, with somebody that you'll do whatever they tell you to do and then you got to think twice about God. You, you got to gotta get that right. You know, that, that has, you can't, you can't have something else on an equal par where you drop God real quick and go off and do that. I tell people that all the time. I say, we're being tested all the time. If, you, if you're assigned to a prayer time with your prayer partner, do you have a track record of keeping that or you have a track record of having excuses and well, I, I guess I'm finishing up this. Let me call you back in 10 minutes. Blah, 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 blah. Now sometimes that happens. But I'm telling you I wouldn't try it. Because the first thing that will happen is that, that your prayer time. God could care less if you show up or not. You got me? And if you don't have a prayer partner who will keep after you. That prayer time will be lost. How many of you have had prayer partners you can't find after a while? Uh, be honest about it and so uh, God is holy he's not begging anybody he don't have to beg us to pray we need to recognize the privilege of prayer and the privilege of being set apart the privilege of being able to speak words that can easily come to pass with no hindrance instead of looking at it as something else to fit in I'm telling you, we're tested every day, folks. We're tested continually on who we want to serve, who we love, who we we offer up to. That's being tested all the time. All the time. You never stop that. Because God knows it's a distraction down here. We're always distracted by things. And so we have to understand that these things must be kept. So his law included, number one, worship. Number two, the work that we're called to. Worship I know is number one. I don't know if work is number two. It just depends on who you talk to and how you catch them. (laughs) Number three is relationships. We're tested in our relationships with God and with man. He said if you love me you'll keep my commandments. Keep them that means do them all the time. Not just sometime when you feel like it. But you'll keep his commandments. So your relationship with God and with man are included in his commandments. Relationship with family. People who are close to you. God wants to be involved in the raising of your children instructions for that he gives explicit instructions for how to relate to family members who you're allowed to marry who you're not allowed to marry what type of fellowship you're to have with believers versus unbelievers all of those things are included in his law and they help to keep us a separate people I tell you right now when people come into a church setting generally new people the first thing that hits you is how am I going to get included in this you understand what I'm saying because you perceive that there is a spirit that has is holding this group of people together and so your thought is do I have a place here and if I have a place here what is it and how do I find my place here it's, it's always something that's evident there. And that's a good thing. Because there's a separation of this people to a purpose, a, a process, a God, a work. There's a purpose that these people 
are knit together like this and if you're going to be a part of this you have to realize where your place is but understand that if God called you there there is a place for you and it's a holy place and it's been set apart especially for you and there should be a sense that you're welcome when you find that place you got me it's not not that people have to say a lot of welcoming things to you all the time but there has to be a sense of acceptance in that if you keep your mindset in that God has called me here and this is a holy and a separate thing it's not a it's not a club it's not a group it's not something that's uh, soulish or clubby but it's a holiness and I think that's the thing that keeps a lot of people kind of feeling rejected or feeling outside it's the holiness factor it's not the you know uh, do I speak the jargon even though they try that and if that doesn't work you know like you know we used to go to dead churches if you knew all the songs to the word without reading the book you felt like you were really in there you know that kind of stuff this is beyond that see this is because that's easy to bridge that gap all you got to do is lip sync real good and people will think you know the words and then that separation pressure comes off so it's easy to get over the line of the club thing but the holiness thing is something different you can't break through that with nonsense you can't penetrate that with phoniness you just have to come in take your chances at being yourself and hope that you find your place and once you find your place then you feel complete and you feel accepted Um, the thing that that bothers me is some people never find their place no matter how the people there try you know what I'm saying and you you know when you're trying hard with people Uh, they they don't want to smile they don't want to pray they don't want to do a whole lot of things they just want to get out as fast as they can and we've all seen them you know you've seen people come in here when they see us praying in pairs and see a small group of people they feel like oh boy how am I gonna I'll be exposed they'll know know what we just know God sent you you know what I'm saying and we can embrace you as a brother or sister and and include you in what God's doing here sometime inclusion bothers people expectation bothers people they don't know how to just let go of everything and trust God sent them here and let God take them through everything they need to to get through in order to do what God wants them to do so there's a holiness separation there that if that person doesn't recognize the holiness of God and that they fit in by the spirit they'll always feel on the outs always feel rejected always feel like they're not part of things and then that thing will will just eventually uh, if it's not bridged and they don't know how to let go of that and accept where God has them they'll eventually wind up just drifting off you know they lose interest and they they don't know what it is they're trying to fight you know uh, and you can talk to people and say well you know please come back and you're welcome here and I hope you enjoy yourself all those you try to make it sound inviting to them but if people don't know how to get rid of that uh, they won't fit in anywhere and and it's unfortunate because if they're born again if they recognize the the leading of the Holy Spirit 
and the the teaching of the Holy Spirit you know the the signals that the Holy Spirit will give you when you're in the right place and you're doing the right thing then they'll be able to bridge that thing so you can't bridge it in the flesh you know it's very unfortunate but but oftentimes people don't know how to bridge that fleshly thing and so it's good to have some kind of system you know if you're in a church or you're you know you're governing people have a system whereby you are continually re-inviting people once they've been invited you know you have a follow-up where you call them periodically and you drop in on them or you touch base with them that kind of stuff to continually draw them back to the Lord because other than that they some people just won't won't get the message so it's it's very good to understand that so your relationship with God and man is something that you have to keep holy so when God gave his commandments it included all of these things so really God's commandments include every facet of your life to keep you holy now under the new covenant we have it a little bit easier because we have the Holy Spirit as our umpire and our guide on the inside and if we rely on the Holy Spirit he will tell us when we're safe he can tell us when we're out you understand what I'm saying like an umpire would and so the Holy Spirit umpires for us to keep us separated and to keep us holy and set apart for God and I think that's a wonderful thing that's what makes this covenant kind of like a no goof up no fail no mess up you can't screw this up you can't be bad enough God doesn't want you he's always drawing you because the drawer lives inside when he watches everything he keeps up with everything and he can make plans for us way in advance of where we can and so many of the things that God does with us I found this over years is to prevent a lot of things that could happen from happening so a lot of our leading is a preventive leading and not always a leading into something that we want you see it's a leading away from as well as into and we have to respect that about the leading of the Spirit of God part of the instruction to the nation of Israel included restrictions on what they ate and we know those restrictions are off now but we have to always be mindful of God like they were mindful in understanding what things they weren't allowed to have we're mindful in that we have to sanctify and pray over what we partake of you got me and so it's the same thing in, in the Bible says nothing's to be refused if it's taken with thanksgiving and it's sanctified by the word of, of uh, prayer and thanksgiving and so always remember that that your food is kept uh, as um, uh, holy for you it's kept uh, good and nutritious for you uh, you don't have to worry about all these think all the food fads that have come up since since you've been an adult and I know there's more because I've been an adult longer than many of you let me see how many okay yeah many <laughs> we don't have to take it no further than that many many that includes enough people but I can remember when uh, vegetarianism first got started it started with the Hindu 
uh, and the Eastern religion uh, coming into this country through a lot of liberalism during the 60s. You know, people just started to get liberal about other experimenting with everything drugs other religions all of this so it's it's always tied food is is often tied to some type of religious spirit it's there's a very close tie to it because it was tied to to the holy spirit during the old testament and most religions are legalistic religions there there's no freedom because there's no life there there's no living god there and so food is often tied into something religious so when you see these food fad you know fads and in you know all these things like now there's cleansing like if you think about it your bowels the the most contaminated you're never going to cleanse that you got me you're never going to cleanse yourself by what you take through your mouth uh, and but you know they say that you know cleansing and so people think well I'm contaminated on the inside yeah if you're not born again but for the believer to think that it's wrong it's totally wrong for a believer to think that there's something they can ingest by mouth that's going to override what they've received by the Spirit of God. It's wrong. And so it grieves me to see believers get involved in a lot of these nutritional. I mean, you know, then we got the pill form of nutrition and then we got the powdered stuff supplements that you pour in and then there's juicing and then there's, you know, squeezing and and, uh, you know, all this kind of stuff that you have to do. None of which has to do with real nutrition. Because if you look at what the word says, your food is made pure for you by what you speak over it if you take it with thanksgiving from the hand of God. So it's your, it's your spirit that overrides all of these things. It's not the things that you take by mouth. Now that doesn't mean that you can just take anything and call yourself healthy. There's reasonable healthiness that people have to respect. In other words, your body needs certain kind of nutrients, vitamins, minerals, and food is more than what it tastes like. It's got nutrients there for you. And you have to make sure that you get a reasonable amount of those. But we don't attach religious fervor, religious significance, and a do or die aspect to what we take by mouth. It's just not right. So that has to be knocked down on our scale of importance pretty far you know with many people it's right up there because you'll see people running around the supermarket getting this and reading labels and I gotta have this and you can tell the juicers and the supplement people because they read everything people who are there to feed a family look at the price of stuff you know what's on sale <laughs> and grab that and let's eat it and bless it and make do and hope it stretches to feed six people every day you know and so so God has God wants all of us to stay alive you got me he wants all of us to be healthy and so if it's not available through natural means it's supplemented by the word I'll put it that way if there's anything wrong in your food it's supplemented by sanctifying it with the word 
we know that we shouldn't eat to excess everybody knows that and so when you when you understand the holy spirit can help you with self-control uh you know you apply those things where you need to apply them and so but we are not to get involved in these food restrictions just because there's always a religious spirit attached to it and it's easy to cross the line of being a holy person and get to be defiled by the world's isms ideas and so forth when it comes to things like food you have to be careful your fears because i think a lot of these restrictions are there because of fears that we have uh i can see the 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 um um the uh, speed at which ideas catch on in the world today and it's fairly frightening because one of the things and these things counteract one another because uh, for instance I'll give you for instance all of these little plastic bottles now are a problem and they were a problem when they started this nonsense but they're a problem now because we don't know what to do with them see we we their landfills are more full of them than the recycling places are so somebody after it got to be a problem some genius came up with the idea let's collect them and recycle them but now it's hard to do that so but what we've told everybody is that our our drinking water that comes out of the faucet cannot be trusted and we did it because somebody at the at the bottom line of it it's got to be money made for somebody because that's always the reason for compromise that's always the reason for crossing the line that's always the reason is there has to be some money benefit involved for somebody and so when we think about that we have to understand that God has the solution for his people and that is to be separate and stay separate but ideas pour into us so quickly you have to really be on the alert to find out what's wrong with it but if the Holy Spirit is doing his job in you and he is he's leading you away from the ideology that keeps that thing you know he'll guard your mind against certain things your ears will prick up somehow and you'll say you know what this don't sound right now I I can't go and buy food for my family and spend eighty dollars on stuff to put through a juicer you know which is supposed to be for my nutritional benefit you know God's gonna have to really increase my money you know understand what I'm saying I mean it's it's one of those kinds of things that when there's a line of holiness that is being crossed the Holy Spirit will somehow give you a common sense alert or something will go off in you and say no this doesn't even sound right you know or something will happen so that you will come back to maybe I'm going over the line some you know maybe this is a, a devotion issue a dedication issue a worship issue who am I putting first here am I considering God or am I just going for what seems to be okay you know a lot of things seem to be okay but once they start to feed that that underlying fear in there some kind of way then that thing starts to grow up 
And pretty soon you've got a lot of restrictions. Your mind is fraught with decisions. You've got a lot more decisions to make. You know, does this fit in with my juicing concept? You know, is I'm serious. It, it just gets to be way overboard. And so I've found that the Holy Spirit will, will at, at the beginning alert you, you know, that's not for you. You know, don't go there. Don't be concerned about it. Just I'm taking care of this. You know, you stay where I put you and you'll be fine. And so many of the things that we see people struggle with and we see them make a big deal out of are things that God would not even have us involved in as a separate and a holy people. We don't have a third or I would even say a half of the problems and issues that people in the world do. You're talking about sinners that don't have a God that can't go to him that can't even get an idea that somebody out there somewhere cares about them and wants to help them let alone live inside of them and guide them through this world the right way all the time and so these things are very important for us to keep in mind that when it comes to making a decision even something that seems small if you'll rely on the Holy Spirit you'll stay set apart for God you'll stay sanctified to his purpose and you won't go over there with the rest of them so he guards his law guards our worship our work relationships with God and man with family even to the rearing of children that's very important to God we've had food restrictions through the years under the old covenant that kept us together living in relationship laws as to whom to marry when to marry then God also gives us inheritance laws that lets us know what we are entitled to. The inheritance law lets you know what's yours. And what's yours at certain times. Because at certain times the faith for certain things are released to you. If that faith is not released to you, you can't conjure it up. It's very important because there's always this name it and claim it you know, thing going through the body of Christ which we know is really not you can't claim an inheritance in advance of its timing in your life you can't do it you got me you got to stay on schedule with God you got to know because he builds within us the capacity to manage what we have the prodigal son is a good example of that he got his inheritance ahead of time and what did he do squandered it on riotous living <laughs> so God has built into our lives a schedule for the things that we're to receive and when to receive them at the end of every gift and blessing and benefit that God gives us there's a stewardship clause that we can't have more added to that until our stewardship over that particular thing is proven. And so these inheritance laws keep us separated unto God because you know there's no inheritance for you anyplace else. <laughs> so it's like where do you go uh, to get your needs met? Where do you go to get your bills paid? Where do you go to get a job? You got to go to God for these things. You can't go outside of God. And we're being tested continually as to whether we'll continue with God and believe him to press us through to what we desire 
or whether we give up and go elsewhere. If you're, it, it always happens when a job is threatened. You know, if if your job gets threatened, you think, well, this is the end here. I'll go elsewhere. But I believe you should fight for what you need right where you are. You're going to have to fight one way or the other. See, this is a challenge to your faith and to your desire to stay separated to God and devoted to God in these things. And if you can kind of dig in, and God will tell you when to dig out. But my thinking is when in doubt, just dig in and fight where you are. You know, even if God moves you and he'll have a time to move you, uh, he will move you. But after you've dug in and the transition will be smoother, it'll be a lot smoother. You know, uh, it's easier to get a job if you've got one. People tend to look favorably upon that. But if you're unemployed for a season, they wonder. And so the transition is a lot easier. And God will get something else for you to to live off of instead of just having you disconnect, I believe. He'll keep you there. Brother Hagen gave that testimony about he was working a job at a, a mill or a factory or something like that. And they were going to close it. And uh, he kept telling people, "I'll." he said, God's going to keep giving give me this job as long as this place here. Well, we're closing. Well, I'll be the last one here. <laughs> he was the last one there. Because so many people were just, you know, disconnecting and running off. And panic didn't have anything to run to. But they got frightened at the bad report. But he held on to the word of the Lord, you know. And God had given him that job until he was ready to go. And I think he was the person that turned the keys into the people when he closed up. <laughs> he was the last one to leave. And so... That can be, it can be that way for you. It can be that way for you. Uh, I can remember uh, praying with my husband to get him through a, a plant closing. And, you know, he said, oh, this is getting tough. And, you know, I said, well, what happened? Well, it was what hurt him was to see the people putting in their last day. And little by little, everybody had the last day. And he was probably one of the few managers left at the end, you know, but he had to watch all of that. And so that was what what he needed God's help with, was watching that happen to other people, not get discouraged, you know, himself or, you know, understanding that they were going, that wasn't the end of their life. So that kind of encouraged him. To know that God always has something for people if you will pray. And and we did pray for the people in that plant. That God would find employment for them. That, you know, if they had to go on unemployment, it would last until they found something. And, you know, so forth and so on. And so these things are, are important that, that God will always have something for us because we have an inheritance in him. And an inheritance depends on the... Legatee, I guess, whatever, legator, the person who's doing the giving. Amen. Uh, they call the shots in it. And so if you understand God's calling the shots and that the Holy Spirit is helping you to gain your inheritance and to receive your inheritance, then uh, it'll go well with you. Then you know you can trust God because you have all the help you need in the person of the Holy Spirit to help you get through whatever you need to have to get through in within God's law is also uh, our laws of community living how to live in your church family how to live in your home how to live in your local community there are people 
uh, in God's kingdom who are called to make uh, impact in the natural in their local communities. They may be called to seek political office. They may be called to sit on the boards of different companies. Things of that nature because they're gifted in administration or, or other things that God may need them involved in these things. And so, uh, but they have to stay separated to God's p- purpose. They can't get in there and get bought off, so to speak. You know, get let the opportunities for, for um, you know, power or privilege or, or extra finances, things like that, draw them away from, from holy living. You know, uh, it, it it gets to be a kind of a joke after a while. Uh, you know, you see all these people uh, living like heathens when they're in office, and then when they get bounced off or get caught, and then all of a sudden they know God and they got God's people praying for them and all this kind of stuff. It's it's no good unless they're truly repentant. You know, I can, and I would like to see some kind of confession before they start claiming all this help from God. You know, I mean, seriously, it it's something that when you violated the public trust, then the public deserves some kind of respect for having trusted you and that's been breached you you can't just come up to them and say well god's blessing me and and uh, you know god's told me i'm going to do this and i'm going to do that and that covers everything there there's a, a way that god uh, establishes respect he establishes relationship again and it doesn't involve using him as some kind of hammer over people's heads to tell them, uh, you know, you can't touch me because I belong to God kind of thing. You know, this kind of stuff will never uh, hurt me. I was thinking about the uh, Kwame Kilpatrick, the ex-mayor of Detroit. You know, all of a sudden he's, you know, running around everybody's church now that he's in trouble, so forth and so on. And man, they probably could have used him when he had power. You know, some of these churches could have benefited from his influence coming to speak to young people and all that kind of stuff. You, you, When God is your God, he's your God all the time. He's not just your God when you get caught. And so it's very, very important for us to understand that that holiness standard, staying Set apart to God. It's very important for us to keep that throughout. Because I, I think that's one of the problems with um, people who who uh, fail. Uh, public figures, especially ministers who fail, get caught in some kind of sin. And it's exposed publicly. Uh, one of the biggest problems is the credibility with man again. Because you got to serve people. You're here for people. And if people see you as somebody who can't be trusted, boy, it's hard for them to want to put trust in you again. You know, and you may have straightened up. But that credibility factor and that, that, you know, but if you stay separated to God, you know, if you have difficulties and problems you know God will cover that for you if you're working it out with him and he doesn't have to expose you publicly so these things are are important you know when whenever we are involved in anything that holiness factor the fact that we are separated unto God has got to be foremost in our understanding that we go in there with a different set of values we go in there from a different kingdom perspective we go in there with a different purpose to why we're there Uh, the whole thing is God orchestrated and has to be God committed it's got to be committed to him and ordained of him 
and respected by him you know and, and when God when you've completed your assignment as far as God is concerned then you're released from it you, you're not released until he releases you so this is very important this separation holiness was so important uh, that it reached into every aspect of Israel's life like we said the food restrictions all of those uh, things uh, were that were restrictions were important for the viability of that people in the earth uh, and so holiness what does that mean what is what does that really mean I've told you a lot about it and so uh, hopefully it's ringing a familiar uh, ring in your ears but it really means to be sacred either morally or ceremonially so it can be a moral sacredness that means a morality towards God's laws or it means to be ceremonially sacred and that means in the carrying out of God's duties to be sacred in that. <clears throat> For instance, I've I've seen how the you know especially in uh, spirit-filled um, uh, evangelical type circles where people were called of God independent of some kind of religious structure. And I'll tell you what I mean by that. Unto the Protestant Reformation, people were just Catholic. There were no Protestants. So the church was, was a, a large body of ritual, ceremony, certain kind of dress that, that and they still dictate dress for the their servants you know the priests have to wear certain vestments and so forth and so on and when they're not in that role then they can dress casual or something like that well when the protestant reformation came and i think Part of the reason we kind of have this edge is because we're called Protestants. We were a protest against Catholicism. And whenever you're a protest, you always keep this negative edge on everything that that stands for. It's hard to find a common God between the two sometimes because of that negative edge. And so Protestants traditionally were freer. They had no no dress you know common dress they had no common anything and often because they were evangelical they were they blended in with everyday people to a large degree and they kind of looked like you dressed like you all that kind of stuff which is good in a sense for the priesthood aspect of it you identify with everyday people you're not up here somewhere on a pedestal and people forget you're human but they understand your humanity but you also are consecrated to God well it's caused sometimes difficulty in that the church Protestant church has never had been able to get a universal grip on their image to the world and so when, when I say that I mean there are some Protestants that wear collars they you know they they have the vestment thing and some where you can just wear like a business suit for a man now traditionally it was men in the pulpit and they mostly wore what business people would wear like a suit and a tie that kind of thing and so that 
probably has held up as the standard for evangelical and spirit-filled congregations but then when women started to minister this is where it gets fuzzy and it gets a little bit difficult uh, because there's never been a dress code so to speak for women that was voiced you know people have tried to but just never been able to do it and so when as the more free a people become I think sometimes the more edgy they become Every group that comes in new has to come in with that Protestant protesting edge. So you'll find women that insist upon wearing pants in the pulpit, which I guess there's nothing wrong with it. But if it puts an edge there that will separate people's idea and concept of you being received as somebody who has a message from God, you've defeated the whole purpose of your liberty. You got me? So in Christianity, there are rules and regulations for how much freedom we're allowed to have. We can have freedom as long as it doesn't cause a brother to stumble. Because there are strong people of us out there and there are also weak ones out there. And so if you look at what the word says, it talks about a standard and that standard is modesty. That, that everybody that represents God should be modest in their dress, in their appearance, and in their demeanor. And so everybody falls into that trap sometimes of going the edge or just going the, <laughs> the vanilla modest route, you know, where you're not seen, you're not heard, you're not different. You're just you and God uses you. And so we have that thing in, in Protestantism where it's easy to cross the line. It's easy to over identify with the world. You're not really over identifying with your flock because pretty much if you look out among the flock of God, people have a certain understanding of how to appear in the congregation of the Lord. You know, they, you don't see a lot of, uh, of, of flamboyant dress. You don't see a lot of, you know, you see a lot of casual dress, which is fine as long as it's modest. But you don't see a lot of uh, outlandish, flamboyant, edgy, controversial ways of looking. So in that sense, sometimes the congregation is a little more mature than the leadership. Well, think about it. I'm going to take a drink while you think about it. <laughs> because you'll find edgy people in the pulpit in a very conservative <laughs> You look at all those people and say, they don't look nothing like the leader. You understand what I'm saying? And so there's this thing there that has to be dealt with and subdued in order for holiness and separateness to be maintained in that person's mind because the minute you start to identify with the world you think the world is offended because of the way you look the way you dress the way you speak whatever whatever you start to identify and want to be kinder to them than you are to the people of God you've crossed the line already that's that's a line that gets crossed continually it's a continual crossing of a line that we have in that we don't stand for what we really believe 
deep down inside and we don't stand for what God really wants us to stand for we just continue to cross the line and so if you're not aware that holiness means that you are there's a sacred a moral sacredness involved in your life at all times then you you've obscured and blurred it if you think that that line is it can be easily gained again when once it's blurred that's that's not right so to be holy means to be uh, morally or ceremonially sacred that is set apart to God God has the right to tell you what to do in these situations there's a right to talk to you about it and and command that you obey him in a certain respect the, that word uh, holy also means to be a saint you'll see that word interchanged in the Old Testament with the word for angel but it means also to dedicate and to hallow or to make holy with the way that you conduct yourself what you say etc etc that word the Old Testament word for holy also means sanctuary you see that word sanctuary and if you're looking for a safe haven to run to wouldn't you want somebody who knows God to be in charge of it I mean this is we represent a sanctuary for the people of the world you know when when people have problems and they just share them with you 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 represent a sanctuary to them there's your safe place to to entrust that knowledge because you will have an answer for them that they know comes from God if they're telling everybody about it in the office they don't want God's answer but if they come to you with it they know they they're drawn by that holiness that you represent him that word does the root of that word also means to burn or to kindle so it's a purification process so it means that you have been purified that you are being purified it also means to be refined as in a fire so it's not like you're just born holy this is something that you can enter into and it's a refinement process the Greek word for holiness the 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 interpretation really means awful thing or terrible thing or awesome thing something to be feared and something in a reverential way something that's to be feared as out of human control beyond human control so it has to be respected as above human control and supernatural also it means to be pure and blameless and that doesn't mean blameless in the sense of you never do anything wrong or you can't handle doing anything wrong it means that you are blameless in that whatever it is that that your fault is is all there's a remedy for it already see it's there's a remedy provided for you in your fault you got me so a holy people are not people do everything right down the line and never mess up be nice <laughs> don't happen like that but it means blameless in that somebody else has paid the penalty for you and you can step into that blamelessness again <clears throat> It means to be a saint, to be consecrated. It also means piety and devotion. So what we're talking about holiness, it's a devotion to being separated. And that's a good thing.
When God separates us, he does it because he wants to build a relationship with man on his terms. Holiness and separateness are God's terms on which to build relationship with us. In other words, he's not going to share us with anybody. He's not going to share us with the world. He's not going to share us with family members. He's not going to share us with anybody. I mean, he'll cause us to relate to them better. But it's a consecration to him. When you understand holiness, you'll spend less time trying to influence people of what to do. This comes into problems sometimes in family relationships, especially with parents toward their children. You know, they want to tell them everything, tell them everything, tell them everything. It's always good if you remember that the Holy Spirit, if they're saved, if they're sanctified by your salvation, whether they've confessed Christ or not, God can tell them a whole lot of things that you can't. If you'll let God have the liberty to consecrate them as well. And so we have to respect that people belong to God. We can share what God has for us to share with them, but we can't go beyond that. You can't go into the realm of uh, trying to pressure them, trying to force them, trying to make them do anything. That's God's job to convince people of the right way to, to go. God requires a people that he can reach and teach his ways. So you have to be set apart for his use for him to reach you and teach you. And not for a semester or a quarter like we do in school. But this is for a lifetime. He wants to reach and teach you forever. His desire is to impart holiness to all people. Well, we have to keep that in mind as a holy people. We have to be willing to go into the world as a holy set apart people to do the will of God. We are to reach people. And we belong to him and he wants to reach people but he does it through us. So you have to be in the world but not of it. You have to be a friend to the people of the world. But not friendly with them in that you lose that separateness that always has to be maintained. Our desi- his desire, as we said, is to impart his holiness to all people. Holiness is God's standard. It never changes. He never changes his standard. I don't care how difficult people are to reach. We can we can go and touch them when they're in the mud, but we can't go roll around in the mud with them. Mm. Holiness also is by invitation, not confiscation. So you can't take on God's holiness apart from being invited into it by God. When we accept God's invitation to holiness, we commit to keep his law. So we're all committed to keep the law of God. And those laws keep us holy and allow us to please him. His laws being as simple as, you know, go here instead of there. Be led by the spirit. Say this and not that. 
focus on this and not that those kinds of things so those things keep us in the path of holiness they keep us separated to God so that when there is a need we're there so God can we can supply that need that God has for us to be used by him God wants to keep us from uncleanness which we had before we met the Lord in Leviticus 15:30 it talks about laws to cleanse people from uncleanness that they not die in their uncleanness and that's that's a biggie that's what the church is here for to get people cleansed who were not clean you can't go over where they are and let them get comfortable with you being there you're there to give them words that offer them salvation offer them hope offer them redemption and God leads you into the places where you are to go he doesn't allow you just to freelance your way around life. You get into trouble that way. You know, that's Jesus is still the head of the church. I know sometimes we get the impression that, oh, there's so much need out here. You know, I should be doing this and I should be doing that. And, you know, sometimes that's the devil telling you to get all worked up about God's work. God, God will put you where he wants you to be. And sometimes it's a long time before he, you will open your mouth and share Christ actually with with people that you're around on a consistent basis you can be there for them you are their link to God because you're separated unto God there are many many ways that we witness Christ to people as you know Jesus didn't he wasn't always casting out devils 24 7 he wasn't always sometimes he went and had fellowship with people sometimes he had dinner with them sometimes you know I'm sure they they were invited to his home from time to time we must know that he had a house that he lived in he wasn't roaming the streets 24 7 and so those things that were reciprocated are were opportunities where people got to know him as a human being apart from the ministry he had 30 years of that way of living before he stepped into his earthly ministry and so there are times when God just wants people to observe you and get to know you and get to know him through you and sometimes you can tell by people's alertness toward your words um, you know when that's being done I know I was in a situation the where I, the hotel where I stay and I was talking to the um, gentleman in the office he's a Christian and uh, there's another young man who's there works under him and I was talking to this man and the other gentleman was sitting I was just dropping in to, to you know um, I went in the bathroom actually after I dropped my car off and so as I was in the building I saw them talking and I just spoke to him and I could tell this young man was watching the way he interacted with me because God had him watching you know there's some watching and there's watching and I was thinking to myself I said Lord I said I hope this works out to this young man's salvation because the the guy that works there is always going on and on about 
you know, it's just too loud, too religious. You understand what I'm saying? Not genuine enough in front of people to just really get the point across. And I thought to myself, I said, Lord, I said, whichever one of us needs to, you know, really come up to the bat for you. Just help me watch my words and help me be attentive to what you want me to say in this situation. And so that's holiness, folks. You separate yourself out to do what God wants you to do because you know it's important. It's important all the time. But I know God had me observe that for a reason that you never know who's watching and who he wants to let know the truth about him. And so I had to kind of pull this guy back into conversation that didn't have a lot of stupid church jargon in it and a lot of nonsense stuff about church people. And so I just kept my answers short, but I kept them scriptural and I kept them to the point, you know. And, and you have to be aware all the time that when God has you somewhere, you don't know who is going to be influenced toward God for the good. And the goofier the situation is, the more you need to stay set apart to God I mean it's easy to just overlook it say something casual and get out but it's so important that we understand that we are set apart for those times for such a time as that to impart some truth about God because he has people watching our words to know uh, who God is because everybody knows I'm a minister everybody knows he's the music minister in his church so that's the spotlight folks and people will know when you're a believer because God will make it known some way and so these are things that that we need to understand this is the payoff for the separated life this is what it's all about this is your turn at bat is when God has somebody's eyes focused on you and and for you to stay separated and you to stay right with him and you to stay in your place and do what he wants you to do because there's somebody that needs to be convinced of God's love all the time somebody's there watching he wants you to to impress them the right way with who he is amen father in heaven we thank you for understanding thank you for giving us understanding about your law and your word father we we want to be that holy people and we can maintain that by obeying the holy spirit it is so easy for us you've made it simple you've made it simple and we thank you lord to search our hearts search our minds make us aware when you're there and and what you need and how you want us to present Christ to everybody we thank you for it lord in Jesus name amen praise god amen if anybody